Now boarding for Rebuild of Joycast, your weekly destination for anime, manga, and more. Hop aboard the... I think we missed an opportunity to make this a magic train. I feel like we just we just settled on a train. And if this could have been more, I think we need to scrap the entire show. The potential, the magic train, I like it a lot more, but um... I know, I think New York train stations are kind of cooler. No, Bristol train station. You, I, I don't know why I love train stations. Let's not get into that, though. I think, in my mind, it was like, conceptually, it was like a Japanese, because, you know, the anime and manga thing. It was like, True. it's more of, a, more of a tram station in the middle yeah, of, the, no. of the rural side of Japan. That's That, that was always my thought process. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's better left to the audience's imagination. Hello again, audience. Val and I, we say it every week that we're back as if it's going to be a new thing, but it really is. I mean, I think it's. I think this is the longest we've gone, like, in a row. No, we did a hiatus when Steena was here. Shit. I was about to say we yeah, did six in a row, but we really that. haven't. Gosh, damn. Now that I think about it, yeah, you're right. Damn. We're bad at this. We're very bad. We're very inconsistent. Scrub that out. We can't. We can't have the audience see that we're admitting that we're bad at it. I think, I think it humanizes us. I think this is a good direction for the show. <laughs> so, what do you want to talk about first on our bucket list? Um, well, judging by the title of this episode, I just... I literally just pulled a Babe Ruth and pointed at the fences and said, Yeah, this is the one that's going to go the distance. Uh, we've got two new shonen to talk about. You've only read one, because... The other one isn't in English yet. I had to read this bitch in Spanish. Oh, you too? I took a look. I thought it was Brazilian. Um, there was a Portuguese. You probably saw the Portuguese one. Possibly, possibly. The, 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 there's, there's an official Portuguese, but then there's a fan one in Spanish. So I know mine was a bit janky. But it was the only way I could read it. I know about this manga, though. It's by the apprentice... Or one of the assistants of the guy who makes Soul Eater. At Sushi Kubo. Yeah, Soul Eater yeah. and Fire Force. This was his assistant. She is hailed as his, like, successor. And cooler than him in general. Yeah, like, basically we have two. We have two new manga that just arrived on Shonen. One is done by a very new green duo. The other one is a one-woman show by someone who is, like, seemingly unfairly poised as the next big thing. Like, they were hyping this thing up before it came out this week, and I just read it today. And even though I read it in Spanish, not even in my first language, I read it, and oh my god, I am feeling the hype. We've got we've got a good one on our hands. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think we should just start. Uh, I'll start with the uh, the next big thing. I mean, okay. Gachi Akuda is called. We, we, we haven't, we said that this is, this is Akubo's, um, successor. Her name is Aruna K. I think that's a, I think it's a pseudonym. She actually has a another name it's weird she's been around the block like i said people know who this is and it the experience shows because a lot of the new stuff that's popped up i would like that's unfair to say it's amateur it's just like we talked about this with horikoshi horikoshi's my hair academia was not his first rodeo it looked good and it got better mm. whereas some of the new shonen we've seen they're like okay to start and they i don't think they ever get the chance to improve Whereas with Gachi Akuda, this thing looks masterful day one. Like, initial first chapter, it looks good. And even though this is the assistant for Soul Eater and Fire Force, my god, this feels like the My Hero Academia-inspired generation. Doesn't it? Did you take a peek? Uh, I took a little peek. I didn't get that far into it before uh, you were calling me, and it looks alright. I think... It concentrates a lot on uh, blank backgrounds to highlight the characters. That's another thing I wanted to state. Uh, even though we talked about how there's how some of them feel green, a little inexperienced. This is experienced, but it also still feels young. Mm. Um, I've noticed this with the new manga, even the one that I'm currently working on. Uh, my artist, these younger artists today, uh, when working on manga, they tend to have bigger panels, bigger, less panels per page. And they tend to not concern themselves too often with the backgrounds to kind of comb all their energy into the character art. And it's, and in Gachi Akuda's case, it's really good. It's really detailed. 
I don't know how she's gonna hold this up. I, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm going to hope that she has worked ahead of time. Like these like she's got like a a backlog of these to to produce over time. Cause this does not look like a weekly manga, even though it's in Shonen Jump. Maybe that's the that's the compromise. Is the backgrounds will get as detailed, but the character art is going to get really detailed. It looks it looks fantastic, Val. You know, it does look really good. I'm a little surprised considering that they are who they are as assistant, though, because I'm looking at, like, classic Soul Eater right now. Right. And uh, there was a lot of emphasis put on, say, the locations. Like, I'm looking at this one panel right off the bat where Marker comes in killing, um... I don't know who the spirit is of, but they're in this church and you immediately get the impression of, like, the crazy architecture that the series goes with, and then you get this, like big panel of Marcus sitting yeah. in like Death Tower and everything. So I'm surprised flicking through it that there yeah. isn't more emphasis on background and whatnot. But the character eye is super strong. It feels more like Horikoshi than it does Akubo. It's 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 interesting. Maybe it's the gumminess of the characters, but I'm getting Boichi and like the guy with the mustache and beard that the main character. Yeah, there's with. a bit there's a bit of Horikoshi and a bit of Boichi as well. It's very detailed. Very detailed, very muscularly they focus on the character's arm. He's got something going on with his arm. Again, I read this in Spanish. I, I'm missing some pieces here. I apologize when I do summarize this. I'm still missing quite a bit, but I, I just had to read it. I'm really liking the expressions of the characters, like the bit where he's looking down to... I want to say it's a bucket. Yeah, it's a bucket. I was going to call it super. Yeah. And, and now I'm, I'm getting through it, because I'm just flicking through it, because I can't read Spanish. The closest I've ever done is when I did like a Spanish sub for an animation. And that was only like two lines or something like that. But anyway, there's this one great panel of him like looking out into the distance across this. Um, and it, it appears as though it's the ocean, I think. Unless it is just a void, but it's just completely black and really ominous. Yeah. This is what I appreciate. So we talk about the art. Let's talk about the story. Mm -hmm. And this is what I really appreciate. We do, you know, with I, uh, which we will talk about later this episode. Um, Yomi no Sugai. We'll get to there. Don't say, don't get us off track. No, no, no. I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to know. That was a matter this. of what the fuck is going on. Like, it was moving so fast. You know what was going on? Gachi Akuda is taking its time. And it's not telling you much. It's enjoying its own story. And it's going, you'll understand when we get there. Be patient. And I like that. But that scares me. Mm. Because, my God, look how quick they were to throw away Hunter's Guild. Are they, are they pulling, like, a, a bit of the Eureka 7 at the end, by the way, where it's, like, it ends, and it's like, oh, what what did you do? And we're going to find out in the next uh, chapter. Yeah, but it's a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that, yeah. that's what I'm getting at. Is, is, this starts off as, it, it's, the, the first chapter is completely dedicated to setting up a revenge story. So this is about the, a kid named Ludo. He's, he's just, he's a street rat. He lives on the streets. He's trash. He's a trash child. He digs through the garbage. And there's a very interesting line in the beginning, if I am translating it correctly. Um, it talks about... Yeah, I hope I'm getting this right. There's a narration, and it says that everything... Anything. Anything has a soul if you care for it enough. Any object. There's something in... Tra it talks about that there's something in... Something in trash has a soul. Hmm. If you care for it enough. Again, we'll get corrected about this super hard when the official English translation comes out, hopefully this weekend. Okay. But yeah, it, it, it's insinuating that if you care about an inanimate object or a piece of trash enough, I feel like this is the twist that's coming, but they don't show it in the first chapter, and that's what concerns me. Shonen moves just a little bit faster than this. And me, me as Ivan Leroy the writer, I love this confidence. Like, oh, we don't need to show you everything yet in the pilot. But as the... The guy who has pitched pilots to magazines, the guy who knows Shonen Jump and how quickly they are to abandon things, even despite of Irana's pedigree. I, I love this first chapter, but I'm scared because it's not showing us everything yet. Mm. But like, getting back on topic. So he's digging through trash and these guards say, don't touch that garbage. That's illegal. They're very concerned about garbage here. Like you throw garbage away but you're not allowed, because the protagonist complains that people throw things out way too soon. And the guards are like, don't touch that garbage, that's illegal. If you do, we'll fucking kill you. It's a death sentence or an exile if you touch garbage. And so they chase him away. In the garbage, he finds this stuffed rabbit. And his mentor tells him to go give to this chick. And we see this chick. I love her fucking design. Oh, she's cute as shit. She's presumably the love interest. 
Uh, he gives her the rabbit. He's very happy about this. And then he's like, oh, and then he goes to tell his mentor that he gave the chick the rabbit. And he bumps shoulders with a dude in the street with a weird mask. This guy looks creepy. This looks like he's up to no good. He goes back to his mentor's place. The mentor is dead. And the kid is framed for the mentor's murder. These same guards find the kid. They string him up in the middle of town in front of everyone. And then they, they just like throw him into this fucking pit. And he falls for, like, distance, distance. He sees this, like, giant kaiju out in the distance. And then he wakes up in a pile of garbage. So it feels like this pit is, like, a giant place where they get rid of garbage. And there he is met by a gigantic garbage monster. And then it's a cliffhanger and the chapter ends. And But before then, the kid, the kid swears vengeance. I forgot, I, I skipped a step. Before the kid is exiled, he sees that masked guy who bumped into the street laughing. So the kid presumes that he murdered his mentor. So the kid swears revenge. He falls in the trash heap. He meets the monster. It ends. I I, I definitely need to read this in English to get everything. I see. So he's like dropped off the world, it seems. Because then above the clouds, it, it's... They, it's abyss. I, they call it the abyss. Mm -hmm. That's what it's called. The abyss. I'm getting gravity rush vibes from this. Yeah. It, yes. Yes. Did you ever play that game? That game was so good. I am aware of it. I, I always like, it's always like on discount. When I had my PS4 plugged in, mm. it was always on discount. Like one day, one of these days, I'll pick up that game and I just never got to it, unfortunately. But I know what it is. It looks sick. And yes, I get those vibes off this. This manga is keeping its hand very close to the chest right now. You you know it's withholding some things from you. It, it, there's more going on here that it's not showing. And I very much appreciate the patience. But it makes me very scared. I don't know if the average Shonen Jump readers would have patience for this. Mm. And I pray that they do because I do think that once all the cards are on the table, I think we've got a the next big Shonen on our hands. I think this is the one, like My Hero Academia. Back when My Hero Academia came out, it was okay. When it first came out, it was feel good. It was, it was good popcorn entertainment as it still is today. But that was something that Shueisha and Toho jointly together forced into a phenomenon they really pushed that on the audience and said you must love this this is the one we're gonna market and make a lot of money off of and i feel like this is where we're heading again hmm. but unlike my hero academia this one's a little bit more reserved but again i'm only gleaning that by reading something that i could only half read so maybe once i read this in english maybe the dialogue sucks but I don't sense that because there's not that there's not that many dialogue bubbles. Again, the panels are very big and cinematic. They let the visuals do the talking. There's not as many dialogue bubbles as you would think. Definitely not as much as Dororan. Yes, I will bring it up again. It's better than Dororan. Ivan, do you, do you think you would also pelt the trash child? I imagine not. But, alternatively, what if you caught him rummaging through the trash and reading Shonen Jumps, Doron Doron. If I say I, he deserves the abyss, if, like, I mean, it's a great thing. Like, I've read Doron Doron. It's, it's not a matter of reading, okay? <laughs> but if you enjoy it, if you're actively reading this and going, oh man, I can't wait for the next chapter. I love these pie charts that have paragraphs explaining them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Go back to school if you like pie charts and have them explained to you. Go go to business school. You'll make a lot more than we do in, in, con in content creation. There's, there's so much more I want to say, but I don't want to step overstep my bounds in case I have mistranslated something. If I'm not grabbing all the intel, I, I'm definitely missing some information. I, I, I will say, Gachiakuta, there is something about it, that uh, th this raw energy about it that appeals to the side of me that still really enjoys timber and aesthetic. The soul, and that's the soul eater in it. Mm -hmm. That's where the soul eater's soul is in this. It's very gothic. Mm. It's very gothic. It reminds me of this webcomic, I like, but better. You know, you know when you like read webcomics when you were a kid and you thought, my god, this is this is some of the best art I've ever seen. Then you look back on it more recently, it's like, this is competent, but it's not as good as stuff I look at now. Now that you have a better thing yeah. for that. Uh, it, it reminds me of that. Like you said, just that pure burn yeah, aesthetic. But when you yeah. talk about a webcomic, it reminds me of Jump Plus. Mm-hmm. Again, because I mean, Jump Plus, again, because the bigger panels, Jump Plus is more better produced. It's it, it, it's produced with international audiences and smartphones in mind. It, mm. it takes notes from webtoons, 
And I'm wondering if this is the first overlap we're getting where this is in the main magazine, but they're going like, I feel like this was pitched to Jump Plus and Shonen went, those Jump Plus manga are doing really fucking well. I think we're going to take this one for our physical magazine. You mind? You mind? And like, what Jump? What can Jump Plus say other than, well, just keep producing our stuff on Viz Media because we're getting that American cash and we'll, and we'll remain content. But yeah, it, this, this feels like a Jump Plus thing. Like it, there's pieces missing. This it doesn't feel like it's fully pandering the way that like a Dotterline, Dotterline or Yashimon does. I don't feel like I was pandered to. Mm. It, it, this is something that's really it's it's a classic revenge story. This is this is nothing we haven't seen before, but it just feels very disciplined. I, I know I know um this Megaka uh Urana uh, okay she's done one shots, but I I think this is her first serialization. And okay. if this is your first serialization, I mean, bravo. This is this is good stuff. Um, we'll have a more detailed review next week when we get we can actually fully read this. The fact that I could, what's not even like my second or third language, the fact that I could get that far and visually communicate enough to explain it to you like that and enjoy it, that's a testament to how good this is. But yeah, we'll put a pin in it for now, but... Um, I, I, but it's the internet. I want to be sensationalist. I want to say that this is the next big thing. But I do stand by it. I do believe this is better. Because I look at Dororan and I go like all this missed opportunity. I see things in Dororan that are very good. But they are far outweighed by a lot of missteps. And a lot of grown worthy decisions. Gachi mm. Akuda? I, I can't say a bad thing right now until I get the full English. Like They, they have to like excess, exceedingly fuck this up. If this is going to go wrong. Because right now, it's it's airtight. It's solid. But on the other side of the spectrum, this is the one I think is going to struggle. But I am happy it's here. Because it is pandering. It is following a trope that we're not used to yet. We're not tired of this yet. We Remember um, Shoha Shoten? The comedy one? Yeah. There's There seems to be a new genre. It's not a new genre, but like what's... A, new, a genre that is now newly becoming popular in shonen, and that is the performative manga about performers. Um, and in this one, Akane Banashi. This is done by, looking through my notes, these are new guys, Yuki Suenaga and Takamasa Moe. Uh, Moe has worked on another shonen jump before. It was some short-lived soccer. It was, like a, it was like a mix of Karate Kid and soccer. It didn't last long, unfortunately. And it's a shame because he's an excellent artist. The art here is great. Yuki, on the other hand, um, is competent, but he's he's just so green. Um, well, let's start from the beginning. This is about Rakugo. Rakugo is a traditional one-man show in um, Japan. In Japan, basically a person kneels on a cloth and has maybe a few props, but it's, it's a one-man show, and it's very strict and traditional. Basically... You, you can only move so far, you can only do so much, and uh, people judge it. A lot of stand-up comedians in Japan, this is where they get their start. Because this storytelling platform, it requires a lot of acting, and a sense of humor, and a sense of just, you, you gotta be a good public speaker. And, and, this, and this first chapter explains that without really relying too much on blatant exposition. It sh even though it's a dialogue-heavy manga because it's about storytelling, it still shows through its storytelling rather than just blatantly explaining what Rakugo is. You get the rules as the judges, because basically it's about this girl whose father is a Rakugo performer. Mm -hmm. They call him a deadbeat, but he's a nice guy. He's just, he's green, people believe in him, he just hasn't gotten his big break yet. And he goes to this big Rakugo convention where they will judge him and there are tiers and when you have a, a certain amount of judges approve you you'll go to the next level you'll make more money you'll get more show times and he's just about there and this asshole judge who's like a really big important guy in their group fails him out he goes nope fuck you you're done the, the pacing of this series again very patient we get 50 pages of this story about this girl's father even though Based on the marketing, it's not about the father, it's about the girl. Just to make sure, um, he didn't just fail the father out. Yeah, he failed the entire class out before yeah. even seeing them. 
He, he, he literally followed through on the threat that Kakashi and Aizawa make in their in their own anime. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, like Eraser. You remember Eraser had in My Hero Academia? He goes, yeah, yeah. if you fail my class, I will, I'll just expel you. So this guy, motherfucker, hey, he's true to his word. He expels everybody. Yeah. He's an asshole. And everyone says he's a fucking asshole. So I don't know why they listen to him other than the fact that Japan's got rigid social structure. But he, he has he has yet to prove how daddy he actually you is. Think you're gonna be, you, you think we're going to like him later? Fuck off. I don't It'll think happen. so. I, I, think this guy, I think this guy's the villain. I think he's the end boss of this series. Maybe. Maybe. I think this is another revenge story. I think this is, I think this is like... <laughs> Secretly another revenge story. I think that's the theme of this new shonen crop She's gonna pull out at the end of this series like in like 50 chapters if it gets cancelled or something At the end she just pulls out that gun from the end of that uh, You know that famous movie scene where the guy pulls out the tiny gun on the uh up from under his <laughs> His sleeve and I think it's her fan Like I think like in the in the in the promo image She has a fan and I feel like that's her prop and at the end <laughs> the, the fan is like a razor and she throws it and cuts his fucking throat. I feel, dude, that would be sick if that. I don't want to write. I, I feel like we're writing a better story than this is. Um, I apologize. This is still solid. Um, I just don't think it's gonna last. I think these guys are too inexperienced. <laughs> I don't. I, not only that, but I just don't think. Uh, I think this is too niche. I mean, maybe maybe Rakugo was really big in Japan, but based on the way the story tells it, even in Japan, it doesn't feel like it's that big of a thing. This feels like this feels like it's already very niche in Japan. This Rakugo thing. Yeah. And I don't think I, I think I think the I think best case scenario, I think Viz drops it from localization. Because I don't I cannot see Americans enjoying this. It, it, it might be good. It's I, good. No, I I say it's good. I, I can't speak as a voice actor, but it definitely gets into that headspace when he's getting on stage and what you think about even the slightest things going wrong yeah. when you're trying to perform. It, yeah. It's it's not nearly the same, obviously, in voice. It, it, actually, I take it back. It kind of is when you're doing it for like people. When you're when you're actually doing a recording for directors yeah. and whatnot. It's like, oh god, what if they didn't like that take? Oh, god. I think I think it's very true to acting. Like if there's something if there's something more generalized, if there's something more universal here. It is acting. This mm. is an acting story. But so we spend 50 chapters completely dedicated to the dad. And, and it's a very patient story again, like Gachi Akuda. Mm -hmm. But then in one panel, after the deck gets failed, she goes, and then my dad died, and now it's my story. And I'm like, uh, okay. But, I mean, for such a patient story, they really just kind of snap to it. Like, this, this, this feels like it ran out of time at the end. This was a pilot chapter. They went, oh, okay, now we gotta get to what this is really about. It's, it's not a revenge story. It's not a blatant revenge story. But this girl wants to become a... You think a her dad is actually dead? She says he's dead. <laughs> no, no, she, she said, she said that it was very specific wording. I bet he is a re still a really good, like, at-home dad or something. He's, like, gotten a different job. He might not be happy and shit. I bet, and I bet she's gonna be sat there looking at him and be like... You think his soul is that just dead? That, that motherfucker did this to you. I think he's just, he, his spirit is just dead. Is that what you believe? I think he actually died. I feel like, I feel like this fucker was too good to keep around. Because how, how, because he would have to have a chance to redeem himself. That, he, that can't be the only Rakugo club in all of Japan. So how do you refuse to redeem him? How, do, how does he not get his chance? Death. So he never gets his chance to redeem it. Like, this was his one chance to get to the next level. And it was, he had only one chance before he died. And it was refused to him because the guy was a dick. I feel like that's the point of him dying. I, I still think he's, that that's the point. I think it's going to be funny when it's like, Oh, or Rita, you thought he was dead? No, I specifically said that's when the Rakugo artist, whatever his name okay, was, died. I will, if, that, if that's what happens, I will prove. But that seems to me like Shoha Shoten. <laughs> Shoha Shoten is that manga. That's the one that plays upon your expectations. This, I do not feel my expectations were played with. Mm. I just feel like I got to learn about something I've never heard of before. Mm -hmm. This 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 manga is a novelty. I feel like it's filler, but in the nice way. Yeah. Where we're going to get one nice arc, and then it's going to go away, and then maybe Jump Plus picks it up. I feel like that's where we're going. Perhaps. I I I, I, I feels insulting because I I think this team, this writer and artist duo, are excellent. It's just I don't like again. I use Hunter's Guild as the benchmark. If that can't make it, if that can't make it. If Gollum Hearts can't make it, how does this make it? Yeah, I gotta say, I, I I knew I knew you were gonna bring up Golem Hearts. Let's not even bring up Hunter's Guild Red. It's all about Golem Hearts. That was the peak, Ivan. That didn't. Yeah, make that. It. I, yeah, I, I, no, I still stand. I like Gollum Hearts was nice and sweet, and I and I enjoy it. But Hunter's Guild was sick. 
Hunter's Guild <laughs> was supposed to be the next big thing. And that's what I fear for Gachi Akuda. And I hope it does well. Banashi, there is no way this does well in the West. Not that Shonen gives a damn about the West. Mm. Jump Plus gives a damn about the West, but this is not Jump Plus. This is definitely in the magazine. Cross your fingers that Rakugo is po that popular in Japan. I don't believe it is, but we'll see. Time will tell. What do they get? About 13, 15, 18 maximum. I think they they did they did Hunter's Guild of Kindness. They got they gave it 18. Whereas Gollum Heart's got like what, 15? I've seen 13 for uh Ghost Rider Paradox. Where well, that one got cut short. They they cut that one that, short. That, that had issues because of people's dislike for the main character and his actions. It was that, and plus it just was not a traditional shonen by any means. No. It, no, it was it too ahead of its time. It was way too ahead of its time. And and we're still not at a time right now that's ready for Ghost Rider Paradox. That motherfucker came from the future, just like that copy of Shonen that he received in that story. I need to make certain that people realize that Akane Banashi is good. I just don't think in a very competitive magazine, despite how desperate it appears right now, I can't see this lasting. The only reason I can see this lasting is because... It's it's a very patient story. It's not pan the, the story's not panicking. Other than like I said, I feel like they really jumped on the dad's death. Ivan, can you just admit to the audience that you don't like women in your Rakugo? I don't like women in my Rakugo. No, I love women in my Rakugo. The problem is that we didn't really get to see the woman in the first chapter. So yeah, I, like I said, I'm gonna read more chapters. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna read more chapters because now I want to see this girl. I want to see what her deal is. You're you're gonna be like one of those people that said when Gohan took over as the main character in Dragon Ball Z. No, I liked the father more. He didn't, though. I liked the father more. Bring him back. He did briefly. There was that whole arc where he went to school for ages. That was horrible. That was a that was a disaster. Nah, Saiyaman's cool. I mean, Saiyaman's cool, but the high school shit. Solbro number three has convinced me that uh, the Saiyaman arc was cool. An abridged series has convinced yeah, you. I know. That's, that's illegal. I I, I, don't, I I'm I'm going to keep reading this. I, 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 wanted, I want to see it get better. I, 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 here's what I want, okay? I want to point the fences. I want Hakane Banashi to go the fucking distance. I don't think realistically it can, but I, I like, I like this underdog. I like this underdog magazine. I want to see these two green, this writer-artist duo surprise people. I want them to surprise me. Gotcha, Kuda. This is going to stay. I'm only scared because it's not following the rules like everyone else is, but that's why I love it personally. I'm just scared. I love it, but I'm scared for it because Hunter's Guild has put that fear in me now. Like something as good as that can't make it. God damn. I was going to say the thing that I came away with, um, was it called Aki Banashi? I'm getting used to these names. These Akane names. Banashi. Akane Banashi. It reminded me of the peaks and valleys you go through as an artist. Obviously very different thing, but the peaks and valleys you go through as an artist in a similar way that, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood did at one point. The general fury when you can't get something right. Oh my gosh, I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't, Such a I don't good see film. the similarities in this story, but um. No, no, no. It's that bit where he's like in his like you know trying to be like, God fucking damn it. Okay, yeah, you know what? You're right. I've seen that moment. That moment when the dad's in the fucking green room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's exactly that bit with all the eyes and everything. That's that what it's missing. I just wish, I just wish a kind of an uh just had that little that little bite that Shoha Shoten does. Where they, they, they like to fuck with you just a little bit. It, it wasn't crazy like, say, homunculus's uh, imagery. Because that made me genuinely uncomfortable, if you remember. You remember homunculus in the uh, manga Rochambeau. Yeah. Stuff like that. It, it, it just gets me. I love that kind of thing. But um, what are we talking about next? Now we're talking about the one that is going... That is definitely going all the way, baby. At least oh. in my eyes. Yomi no Sugai. We talked about oh. this when Steenum was here, and chapter three came out, baby, and oh boy, did it come out. There's definitely some exposition. The, the exposition you were looking for on the Sugai, it's here. A lot. It's here. Yeah. But this is a monthly manga, so they've got a lot of pages to work with. And at the very least, it's not a pie chart with a paragraph. All right? But that being said, if we're talking about explanation, there's a there was a great show-don't-tell moment where um, the soldiers in the forest where they start bitching complaining that the gate closed. Mm. Basically, they just they told us that those little mystical villages that they're running in and out of, they they open and close at specific times. So it's not something that they can willingly just jump into. And that's why 
they now have to live in modern society now. They talked about things like how a cell phone signal can dictate or tell you when you are on the other side. Yes. Or you're inside of these mystical zones as well. I thought that was a good touch. Yeah, it's like, and, and they're showing, they're not really explaining, they explain what the Sugai are, and basically, they had basically just straight up said that these are fucking... These are stands that outlive you. They have multiple owners. They're Pokemon. They are Pokemon. Mm. They outlive you. These these things get passed around. Not genetically so far. But as far as left and right San have said, they're like, no. There seems to be a ranking system as well. Yeah, there's 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 a ranking system. They explain that. That's the stuff where they got wordy. I'm like, eh, I don't need to know that. But we 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 know that these are these are this is this is a mon fire. This is a early 2000s four kids mon fighter. They are making that very clear. We are getting into some Monster of the Week territory. The, 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 the cliffhanger of this episode, we're seeing some Monster of the Week shit. And I'm very happy. There was that, there was that point where um, those two people found out gods are real, I guess. Right. At least that's that was the impression that I got. Something about a greater day, you know, the bit where the woman is on the horse. Yes. Oh, yeah. So they, 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 they encounter one. Like, as they're driving into the city, they encounter this spirit on a horse. And they're like, yo, that one was like top tier right there. Yeah. And like, and I like that. I, I like they, they didn't just blatantly explain. They were like, I, he, he didn't blatantly say it, but he started freaking the fuck out. One of the dudes who was like a fucking like expert on the Sugai, he was freaking the fuck out. Everyone else was looking at him like, why are you freaking out? Like, like yo, that was like a god. He was like the god of Sugai. And I'm like, okay. But yeah, but left and right, San, the ones that are owned by the main character, they're awesome. All the characters besides the protagonist are a massive highlight. They're all dorks, but the protagonist continues to be the weak link. We're still not getting enough characterization out of him. However, the fish out of water trope that they've placed upon him is doing him a massive service. That's helping. I was. It's say. very helpful. Oh, I thought it was going to, if anything, contribute towards you disliking him because he's not exactly like a goofy or or energetic character, so it's like he's really breathing things in. Yeah, he's taking his time. He's like, I, he's doing some things that you're not supposed to. He's, st he's standing on top of cars. They have to explain to him that the car has a horse in it. Mm -hmm. He's not Goku. He's not an idiot. He's just, he's just, um, sheltered. He's a simpleton, kind of. He's insulated and sheltered. But, and, and the problem is, I think I might have preferred a Goku. Mm -hmm. I, I, I need something to push this guy because right now he's he's a little too reserved he gets pissed about his sister and stuff but he just doesn't go enough this this is a protagonist he doesn't have a, a switch yet that we've seen like he doesn't go far enough in any direction he's too balanced but thankfully again the fish out of water characterization helps but his supporting cast is awesome they're not as iconic as demon slayer mm. has but I still very much like them. We have the mentor, uh, Sensei, as he's called. And he has his Sugai, who's just some chick in a tracksuit. Who drives. Who is apparently his servant. And he's like, yo, we have to pose in the city. You have to be my wife. You have to marry me. And she's like, I don't want to fucking marry you. I want to marry... I think they do it like a... They mention a real actor. They do an anagram of Jason Statham's name. Like, she's like, I want to marry a celebrity. Yeah, that was She it. doesn't say Jason Statham. She's like, I want to marry John Rath, J John then Ratham or something. And like, you mean Jason Statham? Like, you're trying to avoid a copyright strike there, Japan? Yeah, but I, I think she's great. I think she's like, she's like the no-nonsense assistant. And he has a, cr he clearly has a crush on her. He's like, please marry me. Uh, we have to pose in the city. And so they're funny. Left and right son. These are the Sugai that mm. belong to the main character. They're, they're, they are just a delight. The, the left is serious. Right is a goofball. He's a big lug. I like them very much. Uh, the villains are once again... We continue to question whether they are good or evil. Whether or not they are actually bad. I don't, th I don't think anyone's good. I don't think anyone in this story is good or evil so far. Mm. They're like this paramilitary group. They themselves are fucking dorks. Um, their handler is a dork, and he's like, damn it, I forgot my Sugai at home. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, so that's why he wasn't in the fight initially. The reveal of his Sugai is very cool. Yes, it's like this anglerfish thing. It's doing a Yashiban's job better. Mm. It wants to do that yokai fighter thing, and and freaking uh, Hiromu's like, yo, young and young pup, let me show you how it's done. 
Um, because that scene is really... Another thing they explain is that only... Not just Sugai users. Sugai users can easily see Sugai, but some individuals are highly receptive to the spiritual world and can see. And they have a funny bit where they don't explain it, they show it, where a dog starts barking at, le at left and right son. And I thought that was funny. And then in the f and then in the final panels, we have this chicken in an elevator as an, as a Sugai is carrying out an assassination. And this chicken in the elevator is sitting there and she's like pretending not to see it. And and the guy who says I forgot my my Sugai at home, he goes up to her and goes, "You saw that, didn't you?" And it ends in that cliffhanger and Yo, that's fucking sick. Um, and that Sugai looks sick. I like that Sugai have a... They're, they're very diverse. It's not quite Pokemon. Pokemon, they have a certain thing they have to fit. Same with JoJo's. They have to fit a certain mold. These things, they come... These Sugai come in a very wide range. It's more like Yu-Gi-Oh! Where they can really be anything. They can be people... They can be amorphous freaking clouds. In this case, it's uh, in the in the final Sugai we see, it's an anglerfish with a bunch of eyes and a giant mouth with human teeth. It's really cool. Like, Hiromu is really flexible. We talked about before where this felt like a... It still does feel like a classic 2000s manga. It feels antiquated all the right ways, but she's still really flexing in the design. These are very highly detailed things. I can see why this is a monthly manga now. And again, as I said before, I keep saying, I just gotta cross my fingers that I don't get behind, that I don't forget when this comes out monthly. Because monthly manga is very hard to keep up with. But I'm going to stick with it if I can, because I am I am absolutely enjoying this. Yeah, I, I'm really confident in Hiromu. Um, I understand maybe your issues with the main character, but I genuinely think if so far... He's if, bland. He's just if bland. If so far, the side characters have been so well thought out, and I think, if anything, besides Art, Hiromu, Hiromu's character work is definitely some of her best, I think. That, that, that's will. her best quality, because she makes everyone important, and that's what I'm banking on. She has good character economy. I read Silver Spoons, and Silver Spoons was pretty good. I didn't read Legend of Heroes, or whatever it was that she did, but I genuinely think she's not going to make Edward Elric, and then make this character for her first original manga that I think hasn't been going around the same time as Full Metal and make him bland. Everyone else just seems too well made for the main character to be underdeveloped, in my opinion. So you're wait you're waiting on a twist, you think? Yeah, I'm 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 waiting on it. I'm I'm feeling very I, I will I will be very patient with this if I need you're to. You're trusting in that? I don't see it. But here's the thing, I don't need to be patient. I don't need to be patient with him because I love everyone else. Fair. I'm, we're still spoiled for great characters, so I can forgive this. Do you want to talk about My Hero Academia? I do, but I just want to give a brief... Speaking of My Hero, I want to give a brief update because in Saturday Jump, we uh, did an episode where we talked about manga sales. Mm. And I just want to give a brief update because, my God, there was a shakeup. My Hero Academia and Dr. Stone are surging right now. Uh oh. And I think that's due because they're both in their end games. Mm. But um yeah, sudden, suddenly My Hero Academia and Dr. Stone have like surged weekly. However, if we're talking about monthly sales, Jujutsu Kaisen is still beating everyone by literal millions. Damn. It's fucked. Tokyo Revengers also over a million, like about a million and a half. That's in also in its final arc apparently. Apparently, yeah. It's crazy, and Demon Slayer is still outselling some folks. It's crazy, but I just wanted to mention that because we talked about how My Academia and My Academia and Doctor Stone were kind of being disappointments for a while. Mm -hmm. Now that they are each in their endgame, they're kind of popping off now. So that's interesting, and I have to wonder if maybe My Academia may have been rushed. Now I said that it was taking its time. But maybe Horikoshi was told to pick up the pace, to pick up the sales. This newest arc definitely makes me think it might be being rushed. This new arc makes me actually believe now that this is going to end in November. I thought this was going to be end. He said it was going to end this year. I'm like, no fucking way. This goes to spring of next year. Now I'm like, this might end in November. That's the cutoff point. Yeah, like we've already had two characters kind of fulfill their arcs. 
right off the bat in this chapter? Yeah, I, I mean, we'll get to that. Um, this chapter, um, in our in our Discord, it's freely accessible. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, links in the description below. You get to the public. But the more detailed Discord where we talk about My Hero Academia and stuff, that's available to our patrons at the uh, $1 and up tier. They all have remarked that it was another exposition chapter. And I was like, for once, I'm actually not complaining about the exposition here. Uh, I actually really, I thought this chapter was fucking sick. Like, I, I'm crazy. I feel like I'm in some bizarre world because a lot was definitely explained. But like, it was a lot of, it was All Might, Aizawa, and the de police detective kind of like setting up the plan mm -hmm. in a way that was happening in real time. They bum, they bum rushed all for one. They used Shinso, his, his quirk evolved again, which I think is a total ass pull, but I, I will go with it because I don't care anymore. He was able to command Ayama's parents. Basically, he basically got, he got them to forget the, the plan. Because basically, all for one can sense that people are lying, that they're withholding information from them. And Shitsu's like, I command you for to forget. That you won't know what's going on until it happens. And I'm like... I thought it was that he mind-controlled them not to make large physical actions like walking or anything like that, but actually making them speak. They'd be like, they couldn't... They, like, he could talk to them, but he couldn't, like... They couldn't tell all for one what was going on mm. in a way in a way that it felt in a way that it felt like they were being held hostage. He's like, "Hey, is anything going on?" No, everything's fine. Mm. In the back of their heads, they know something's happening, but they have been commanded to like they can't divulge or lie. They are commanded to tell the truth with information withheld. It's 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 such a fucked up ass pull, and I'm like, my hero academia is so stupid like this sometimes. That you just gotta go with it. And I like it. But that's not the coolest thing. That, that, that was actually the lamest thing that happened this week. And it was still funny. I was thinking the same the thing. The best thing that happened is... Monoma, the motherfucker, the biggest shitter of all time... Aizawa goes, Hey buddy, I'm gonna need you to chamber a couple of quirks. Because I can't use Erasure anymore. I have one eye. It's not effective anymore. Mm. I need you to carry the torch... I need you to take Koragiri's quirk, and I bet you he's got some more. Because we learned this in the joint training arc, that he can chamber a few quirks. Mm. If they're the right ones. And Manama goes, he goes, that's a big task to ask a kid, to master all these quirks in a week. But he goes, you son of a bitch, I'll do it. Because everyone's the fucking protagonist of this story. I will say, it felt like you somehow messed with... <laughs> the writing in the text box this chapter it feels like i wrote this it feels like i wrote this scene and i'm like i'm such an I, I think that's why in spite of all the explanations why i like this chapter is because i'm such a fucking narcissist it feels like this thing was written in the abridged series like like it was very meta and it was like yeah monomo's a shitter but like we're gonna let him just have his fucking moment this, this is his time to shine just let him just absolutely destroy a big middle finger to all for one which he does he keeps saying this thing like fix he has a catchphrase called the fixer i don't know what the hell that means but it's clearly a middle finger to all for one and i love it that's the bit where it's like i thought he was saying you are the protagonist fixer and i was like wait did ivan like fucking break in you're right that's what it was no you're right that that's what it was yeah but then all might reveals his plan they basically they got all for one where they wanted to and then they did exactly what we said would happen. They created these domes that separates them. And all for one go and all for one goes, I can break these barriers in seconds. What do you mean you're going to separate us? And then boom, Monoma uses a racer and goes, I'm gonna buy us a couple more seconds, and then I'm going to teleport you fuckers out using Korgiri's quirk. Let's fucking go. There we're getting different factions of fights. Now, who's on what side? Who knows? But it seems pretty obvious that the Shoto fan, that the, 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 the Todoroki family is in, a is in a bubble. Which was, again, another great moment when Dabi rushes um, Todoroki and he goes, Shoto! They did the bit. They did the bit. It was amazing. Mm. He said it. He said the name. I love it. The explosion in that panel is actually really impressive. It, this chapter is sick. Everyone's bum rushing each other. They get separated. 
bottom up blocks it all for one's cork and goes nope we're all we are actually going to divide you now where is everyone going probably just to weird spaces of japan but like if you want to go all out send them globally dude like really separate people let's get some very fascinating set pieces it doesn't have to be globally but like when people get divided i want to see some set pieces you want some rocket ships flying all over the globe i want no i want i want to fight in like a fucking like elephant graveyard i want to fight in a jungle i want to fight in a skyscraper i want to see everyone in a really cool place fighting and i hope that's where he's going with this on a train like in spider-man 2 and i like that we're getting faction and i hope that everyone gets a hell of a fight you want saro to do the bit in spider-man 2 against doc ock on the train oh my god wouldn't that be sick no He's our president. Oh. <laughs> he's a he's a pre careful now. He's a president. He's a US president. <laughs> you got to get you got to get through us before you get through him. <laughs> but no, but yeah, I I I think this chapter was exciting. I think it was very exciting. I think chat took a big L, uh, our Discord chat took a big L this week. I think they're <laughs> complaining for nothing. But they did they did agree that Monoma was a fucking man. Was an absolute G this this chapter. No, yeah. I was I was singing his praises the other week. Yeah, I he was really Monoma. cool, but like he was just a shitter, but this time it's like it wasn't him being a shitter. Like he was a shitter, but he also actually did something genuinely cool. Yeah, I'm waiting for him to get taken out in like the next chapter or something though. So like It doesn't matter. He did he did like the big They told him you have the most important job. He did it. Mm -hmm. He did the biggest, most important part of this fucking mission. And I'm proud and of him. And he succeeded. I'm very proud of my boy. I'm still I'm still wondering when's Eri gonna come into this? We all know she's gonna be there. Yeah, oh, there's definitely another part to this plan. Um, Someone is I'm, ready to launch Eri into All For One's face. I am frothing at the mouth right now. I want to know who's fighting who. And I feel like they're not gonna reveal it immediately. I feel like next week, we'll see the first faction. Hmm. Whoever it is. And then we'll have to learn as we go on. This feels like the um the the midterm arc. Remember that? Where they divided the kids and they each fought a hero? Yeah. That's what this feels like. And which I really enjoyed that arc. No, no, it, it, it was a fun arc. Yeah, I like that too. Felt like a big um big leap for them. It feels like that, but now on steroids. Now it's like not just a couple of kids in exam. Now it's the real world motherfucker and we have like war factions of villains and heroes. No, it, it should be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next chapter. Imagine a freaking Mirko Bakugo team up. That would be cool. I I am simply worried about characters having a little moment, and maybe that's the best we're going to get. Monoma, probably after this chapter, isn't going to be relevant. Yeah, I think I think this is the end of Monoma. I, yeah. I agree with you there. Beca I, and I think maybe that works because all of them are... We're going to see how far they've come, but it's definitely going to be a case of, okay, I've done the last thing that I did to upgrade my powers, like, you know, Ida's gonna, like, break Sound Barrier again, or go super fucking ultra... I know, he might do some O'Clock shit for all I goddamn know. Someone's gonna... Sarah will, like, make more tape. I don't know. I think everyone's <laughs> gonna show off their evolution. Tape. <laughs> make more tape. Wow, He's gonna make double set. It's... There, my friend. I don't know, man. I don't know what Sarah's gonna do to show off the fact that he's better. Super sticky. I, know, I, I, I am a little concerned, too, about who's gonna get the spotlight, but right Th now... That is what I mean. I think we're simply going to get that evolution, that last bit that he can squeeze out of their powers to make them a bit more interesting, give them that last moment, and then they're not gonna be relevant until they all have to sing yeah. to Midoriya. You can do it. We love you. You're the best. It's Shippuden. We'll see them in the we'll see them in the flash forward. And all of their fucking kids. It, it is mid-February. If this ends in November, at worst case scenario, it ends in November. We've got March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. We have nine months of if if this is the finale. If this is the final battle, it's probably the prelude because there's probably going to be a final final battle with Midoriya and whoever it is at the end. If this is the end game, we've got plenty of time. And I feel like comfortably, we can get some spotlight on whoever we need to give it to. If Monoma got a moment like that, I feel like Class 1A... I said that that the uh, the Class 1A versus Vigilante Deku was the last time we were going to see them. I am happy to say that I feel like I'm being proven wrong now. Yeah. And that's a good thing. So, let's... like I, 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 I Right now, I feel confident that we are going to get a nice bit of spotlight for everyone. <laughs> Except for, like, Anima, because what the fuck's Anima gonna do? But who cares? Imagine a Anima did do something amazing, though. I-I-I'd stand. Maybe he can, like, subjugate, uh, mutant quirks with animal 
aspects to them somehow. You have SARS now. You have the flesh-eating virus. I don't know. I don't know. That's the best I can think of out of things that he could that do. That would because be fucked up. It is, but you've got Spinner leading an entire mutant, mostly anima army. That's kind of fucked up. It would be, yeah. No, I agree. It, it, that wouldn't be the way that the heroes win. That, that was the only thing I could think of that Anima could actually be helpful with. What's he gonna do? Throw squirrels at- Anima's too cute to be that fucked up. No, no, no. Gigantamaki has been- Yeah, yeah, they've beaten him. He, he's old news. He ain't even relevant. Damn. The problem is they showed the facility they were holding him in. I don't know, man. I feel like Gigantamaki has got one more in him. I think Gigant- Nah, I, I really think he has to concentrate on who he has out right freaking now if he, i no, if, here's what, i feel like we're gonna i think we're gonna get subversion i i feel like one of the fights and i feel like monoma hasn't like fully mastered the teleportation and i feel like he accidentally teleports someone very close to the gigantomachia mm -hmm. and i feel like during a fight he gets let loose but somebody one shots him somebody one. like as a sub, like like a subversion i feel like they're gonna use it and make, like it's gonna be like a cliffhanger in chapter to go oh no we're next to gigantomachia oh my god and then the next chapter he shows up and then Aerie just fucking bitch slaps him in the dust. I was about to say, who the who the hell is this someone that can one-shot Gigantomachia? Mineta can do it. Mineta can do it! Mineta's uh quirk has evolved. I don't know how. Just like you, I have no imagination. How imaginate? <laughs> now you beat me to it. I wanted to jump on that now. You you would you uh you're quick to admit your weakness. Yeah. So, I mean, before this whole freaking podcast turns into speculation and theory uh, baiting, I think the last thing we have to discuss this week is uh, the, the promised One Piece update. Go on. Go on, please. I finished Whole Cake Island, baby. Okay. And oh boy, what a return to form. Yes. This is the, be this is the best thing since Marinford. This is peak Sanji. This is, the, this is the one of the things I got very concerned about since, like, Gosh, how long's it been? Sabado, Sa Sabodi Archipelago, is that is that when they all got they all got uh, divided? Sabodi Archipelago is when Kuma divides them all. Yeah. So that's where because the strength of One Piece is its cast, its core cast, mm -hmm. and it feels like ever since Sabodi, it feels like, I mean, even in Whole Cake Island, the the Straw Hats have spent more time divided than together now, and no one's really getting much like we're not really focusing on characters anymore it's like love luffy got a lot of focus until he did it and now it's like they're just kind of like approaching issues and enemies but like we're not what part of the fun about one piece was learning about the characters i feel like that was its strength mm. and that's one of the reasons i think that's one of the reasons why one piece lasting so long as it has has been a huge detriment is because one of the largest strength of one piece was how each arc we learned something about each character and we got more layers of them mm. because that's what we love. We love that core cast. And we lost that. For the longest time, we just haven't had that. And Whole Cake Island seems like a retcon and a reboot of Sanji. And it is fantastic. He's mm. basically from a family of Nazi Power Rangers. And it's amazing. We talk about, you know how I have issues with the, oh, I was born without a quirk, mm -hmm. but then, like, I get a quirk anyways. Or, like, Black Clover, I don't have magic, but I have the anti-magic, which is sort of better. Go on. Sanji is that character done right. He Basically, to, to explain, Sanji's siblings are the subject of experimentation. They basically shot up his mother with drugs so that they would be born super soldiers, but the caveat is that they would have superpowers, but they wouldn't have their humanity. And so you think, oh, that flaming foot that Sanji has, and how, and, and the hockey that Sanji uses, um, you would think that this is a piece of his programming, that, that medicine that they put in the mother that killed her, but made her children a bunch of fucking monsters. No, Sanji is the failed experiment. He has no powers. And they make, they have to really beat you over the head with that. They make it clear, Sanji does not have superpowers. Sanji's superpower is his, his, his lack of power. His lack of power makes him human and his humanity gives him strength. It makes him one of the most powerful Straw Hat Pirates. 
because he's the most human of them all. Even more than, even more than freaking uh, Nami. Um, <laughs> you would think she's the weakest one, but Sanji literally has no power. That flaming foot is just, as as Oda explains, it's the it's the fiery passion of his heart, and you believe that, you really do. He's just this kid that just feeds rats in the alleys and is in an embarrassment to his family. And they disown him, they discard him, and they go, don't ever tell us that you are of our family again, and you can go ahead and live freely. Why do we give a fuck? And that's why he ends up starving on that island, he meets the chef and learns to become a chef, and and he sees himself more as that man's son than his own real biological father. But when Sanji becomes useful to that family, when they need to marry him off, to the um, big mama, the big mom fucking pirates. They marry him off to him. Now suddenly he's useful and they still treat him like a piece of shit. And he's like, fuck you guys. But Sanji still agrees to help them. Because again, Sanji gives a fuck. I love a character that just gives a fuck, you know? They have they have literally held Zep. Uh, Zef? This is Zef. His surrogate father his foster father, at the Baratier restaurant hostage. Yes, they've held him hostage, but he still gives a fuck. Because oh, Sanji yeah. is given a million opportunities in this arc to abandon this. Mm. They tell him, oh yeah, they're not really going to do anything to your, your foster father. Those handcuffs we put on you, they're not really going to explode. And Sanji goes, nah, I'm going to still see this through. Because Sanji just has honor, man. Like you, you like Based on Sanji's design, the way he is in the early anime... You'd think that he was too cool for this shit, mm. but my god, the man is gallant as fuck. I just, I love it. Like, and lots of people say, I talk to a lot of people, and they go, yeah, this is the one where Sanji becomes my favorite. And I go, yeah, I think Sanji's one of my favorites too. I think this is where Sanji becomes based. He, he's incredible. And that's just, I'm just talking about Sanji in this arc. Uh, Big Mama has a flashback again where the flashbacks are just so powerful where we explain how Big Mama became Big Mom and you feel bad for her. She's an orphan. Mm -hmm. She's she's disowned by the giants because she, she's a little too crazy for even the giants. And her whole goal is... Uh, she, they, they connect her to Punk Hazard. Those kids they were experimenting on to make them giant, it was because of her funding because she wants to make her family giants like her so that she can sit with them as equals at a table. Uh, she she has an island that she she boasts has the highest diversity of any nation in in the, in the blue. She she and, and you do believe that she wants this, even though she's a total fucking insane person. She's out of control. But when when she does get a time to show her values, there is something there. There is something to latch onto. She's not redeemable, but you're like you you get where this got corrupted. You get where this went wrong. And you, you you understand that this was a nice ideal to begin with, and now it has gotten tainted. It's been poisoned. And uh, uh and you and and that's the part that you feel bad. That's where you sympathize. You don't empathize with her, but you do sympathize with Big Mom. Because you're like, oh man, you could have been great. You could have been you could have given a fuck like Sanji did. It's it's her own lack of awareness as well, as to how yeah. um Mother Caramel did not care about her or any of the other orphans because orphans. again like she saw the she, like sanji she gave a fuck she even though even against her best judgment she wants the best for people she's a great foil to sanji man because sanji's like my family's a piece of shit but i gotta save them because i just give a fuck and with big mom her surrogate mother in the flashback who's a total piece of shit who's exploiting her she's like I really do value family. I really do. That's what Whole Cake is about. It's about family. And at the end, Sanji has his cake and eats it too. He saves everybody. He even helps Big Mom out at the end and makes her a cake. So she ends her fucking rampage that's about to destroy the island. And he goes back to the Straw Hats. And he goes back to his found family. It's... it's it's in, This arc is incredible. I really like the bit where... The Don asks Sanji to poison the cake, and this obviously tramples on two of the things that Sanji respects the most. Food and women. Even women yeah. as terrible as Big Mom, he would not hurt intentionally. So that's that's the thing. So I think this arc adds a third value for Sanji. He values he values food, women, and family. Now, he adds family. He's a Fast and the Furious character now. 
This arc is the most Fast and the Furious arc I've ever seen in One Piece. There's literally a chase at the end. <laughs> it's practically it's practically a car chase. Um, How did yeah. you feel about the direction in the anime, actually? With the music and everything. I have not seen the anime, so that's what I'm going to do now. I've read it. Now I'm going to comb over using One Piece, and I'm going to find the moments... The only part, the only episode of the anime that I've watched for Whole Cake is the one of my all-time favorite moments is when Sanji beats up Luffy and tells him to go away. And Luffy says, hey, all those times you hit me and you pushed me down and you yelled at me. I know you were just hurting yourself. And he's sitting there trying to get away from him and he's just fucking sobbing as the carriage takes him away as he tells Luffy, don't come after me. It is incredible. Uh, it, 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 it's such a powerful moment. Again, it, it, it reminds me of Nami's moment in Arlong Park, where she's stabbing that tattoo on her shoulder, and she's just, like, rejecting who she is, and Luffy puts the freaking straw hat on her hat and goes, hey, I got this. And she's like, help me. And Luffy's like, yeah, like, what else was I going to do? Um, it, it just Whole Cake Island is classic One Piece. Again, I keep saying it, it has its cake and eats it too. It's it's still very modern in relation to the story. It has those classic beats like Arlon Park. It feels like we're we are relearning Sanji. It feels like we are beating Sanji all over again. And it's got great moments for Luffy. Luffy gets a great fight as well. I mean, God, this arc has everything. I also forgot to mention. Uh, the pudding i've got to mention pudding mm, yeah uh in this arc uh she's uh she's the one that sanji's going to marry she reveals herself halfway as a piece of shit she's like oh i'm leaning sanji on i'm gonna kill his ass mm -hmm. and uh she has a third eye that she's hiding and she's like the moment at the wedding when i when i take off my veil and he saves my third eye he'll be repulsed by me and in that moment of shock i'm going to shoot him right in the fucking face <laughs> and when she, she does it, she takes off her veil, and Sanji goes, oh my you're gosh, beautiful. you're beautiful, and she goes, huh? <laughs> and she hesitates, I, one of the greatest moments, again, this is so one piece, it's so modern and classic at the same time. What do you think of Katakuri? Oh god, uh, I'm so sorry. Tell me who Katakuri is. I, I, it's been a while. I, this, I, it took me a Dogtooth Katakuri. The man that Luffy fights. That's a sick fight. It's a really sick fight. What do you think of his characterization? Because it's actually one of the best. And relates a lot to a lot of what you were saying about having a shit family, but being the only one who cares. Yes, no, that, that's, again, the economy of this arc, it, it's theming, it, it's theming is so centralized. Everyone, it's all about family. It's all about valuing that. Whether it's a found family or if it's your blood family. Even if you're going, even, because Sanji still walks away from that shitty blood family. But he goes, he shows that there are things you can control and there are things you can't control in that. And Sanji does just enough. And, and all these characters do. I, like I say, it, it, it is an arc about family. It is the most fast and the furious arc in this series. I, I love it so much. And I can't wait. It has restored my faith. In, and I know that Wano's up next. And that's going to be great. So I'm feeling very good. I was getting burnt out on One Piece. And I come out of this arc feeling very refreshed and ready for more. But I'm going to take some time. Because I want to focus on some of these new manga. I want to give them a chance. And I want to comb through the anime. So when it comes to Katakuri, I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. It was sick. I like the character. I need to watch this now. Hmm. I want to see that in motion before I really give a full opinion. Okay, that's fair. Oh, okay, so you... I thought you were still watching the anime. You've switched to the manga. Yeah, oh yeah, I, 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 maybe you cut out because... Uh, yeah. I, I, I did not watch this. I read it. As I said, the only part I watched was the part where Sanji tells Luffy to stay away. I'm hmm. going to stay with my family. I lied. He beats him up. Sanji and Luffy goes, hey... No, that's bullshit. I'm not. I, I refuse to eat another morsel of food unless it's your cooking. 
which is badass. Mm. Luffy goes on a hunger strike. Luffy has That's a history of eating dirty, filthy food as well. Yep. You've probably noticed this. And that was another great moment where fucking Sanji fucking drops the food in the rain in the ground and it's fucking garbage. And he gives it to Luffy and he goes, I'm sorry, Luffy. This fucking sucks. And Luffy says, finally, some good fucking food. Yes! Again, there's, there's so many all-time great moments in this arc. This arc spoils you. This arc is a feast. How do you feel about Katakuri being like this superior mirror of Luffy, missing only one thing? Again, I, I talk about it. it's character economy. It's it, it's the centralization of themes. Yeah. Nothing here feels excessive. It's it's everyone everyone feels. But again, I I want to put a pin in my thoughts on Katakuri. I I need some more time to digest him. Because you know how I am with One Piece fights. I mm. tend to be a bit of a skimmer. Fair enough. And I wanna and I wanna go back and I wanna make sure I have all the information before I mm -hmm. have any thought on Katakuri. That's fair enough. We'll have a talk about him because Katakuri is one of my favorite characters. That's one of your favorites? Yeah, so I'm yeah. going to go back and, and study that fight now. Go ahead. Because it was sick, but I was only kind of coming to sick moments. But now I wanna go back and really, really take it all in. Now that I know how this all works. Nice. Because um, One Piece is that manga that really warrants rereading. It's very rewarding to do so. It, it, it is. It is. I'm very happy that I've I, I've already told you I've been recently doing uh, rewatches with One Piece. I've gotten past Logetown recently, going to Whiskey Peak and meeting meet Laboon. I'm having a blast, honestly. Just remembering all those little details. Yeah, that's where Stina, Stina is... Stina finished uh, Alabasta. Oh, damn. And she's taking a break, but I'm like, yeah, you basically just finished classic One Piece. <laughs> Essentially. Um, also, you and Stina can start watching Odd Taxi now. It's out in English. Yes. No, it's funny. We just mentioned that last week, or when she was here. We're like, hey, when does the English dub come out? Come out? And then Song One announces that he's in it, and everyone's announcing their uh, their their roles. Like, oh, there it is. And there's two episodes already. I, I want to see the movie. But no, I, I do believe we will start watching in English because that, that definitely warrants a rewatch in English. So that's that's definitely what I'll be doing as well. Um, so I'll be rewatching Odd Taxi. I'm going to be watching the whole Cake Island arc, getting some th views in, even though I know the pacing of the anime at that point is dreadful. Mm. No, it, it, it is, it is. But we'll get there. But anyways, that's all I wanted to say. I wanted to keep that update brief, but God, it just, it, whole Cake Island is so good. It was more, definitely worth a discussion. So next time I bring up One Piece, it'll be a long time from now. I, I won't, I, I'll try not to talk about it again until we have a discussion about Katakuri and then of course Wano. Let me take Wano, even though I know Wano isn't finished yet, mm. but let me get to a, a, a good marker for Wano so then we can be caught up on it. That's all I want to say. I have no idea what we're doing next week and I don't even want to tease it. <laughs> so we're going to sign off right here. Uh, the train has stopped. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. I think at this point now, if we don't go on a hiatus, we finally will have a consistent schedule. So know. cross your fingers that the train doesn't break down, folks. We'll see. What is that in your hands, Val? Is that a bomb? No, it's nothing. It's not like I want a, a break next week and I'm going to derail this train. Everybody get down! Mind the gap as you exit our podcast safely. Rebuild of Joycast is hosted by Ivan Leroy and Valentine Stokes. Leroy's written and directed works can be found on the Joyride Entertainment YouTube channel and the soon-to-be-released original web manga, Paramedic. Val's dulcet tones can be heard in many of your favorite anime and web series, such as Ruby, Death Battle, Tribe 9, Lackadaisy Cats, and more. This episode was edited by Stina Carey with YouTube version edited by Cody Rock. Music provided by Lo-Fi Geek. Intro and outro narration by Stina Carey. Outro music composed by Michael Payovich. Logo and visuals designed by Ivan Leroy. Rebuild of Joycast is produced by Joyride Entertainment and Rock Voice Productions, LLC, and made possible thanks to Patreon donations from generous listeners like you. This month's highest-tiered Patreon producers are Mr. Host, Austin, Jairo Medina, and Gooner Bear. If you would like your name shouted out at the end of each podcast, an invite to our private Discord to interact with fans, cast and crew, or early access to all of our content, be sure to check out Joyride Entertainment's Patreon. Links provided in the description. Thank you for keeping Joyride's engine burning.